0: You're listening to the ESO Network. Your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What well, it's a police
1: box. What on earth is it doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street.
0: I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth
2: Station Who? A fun mashup exploring over 60 years of the Doctor Who
1: universe. You never know where the
3: crew of the TARDIS is going next. Hey there, Hoovians, and welcome to another episode of our Station Who. That's right, folks. We are back, and we've got a great one to talk tonight. We are going back to the fifth Doctor era, and we are going to be looking at Planet of Fire. It's the last episode with Turlow, the first one with Perry, and the second to last episode with the fifth Doctor. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and I'm not even going to talk about chameleon. It's a chameleon-free <laughs> zone tonight. I wish. We got to talk a lot a chameleon-free about chameleon-free zone. Yeah, I wish we could get away with that. But it's awesome to be back with everybody tonight. This is our first after-holiday special, after talking about the 60th anniversary specials. So it's like coming off a good high, you know, type thing. And we're coming to the story. So with the And it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. We will be spoiling the hell out of it. So, as River Songs, be prepared for spoilers.
1: How exciting.
0: (laughs) Spoilers.
3: Of a show that was, what, 40 years ago already? really that far?
0: Man, don't, yeah.
3: I know. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot for
0: reminding us.
3: I know. So, it's going to be a fun one to talk about. We've got a great crew here, of course, to talk about it. Let's welcome, of course, our regulars. Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. How are you, my friend? Peachy Keen, and yourself? I'm doing great. And, of course, Ms. Mary Ogle.
0: Hi, everybody. It is fantastic to be here.
3: Good to have you in good health and once again, Mary.
0: Yes, I have been getting over the flu slowly.
3: <laughs> <sighs> it kicks your butt once you get it. It really, oh, really man, sucks.
0: I am so, so ready for it to just go away.
3: Mm-hmm. And we are joined by Matthew Kressel once again. Welcome, sir.
0: Thank you for having me again.
3: Oh, uh, well, it's good. Um, we haven't talked to you for a bit. And, you know, did you enjoy the specials and such?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, by and large, I enjoyed them. It was something different than I think what I was kind of expecting from, you know, an anniversary you know, <laughs> specials, really, instead of just having the one. And I will admit I was a little nervous not being the biggest fan of David Tennant uh, to have Tennant back. And it's like, oh, you know, it's 2008 all over again. But, you know, I was pleasantly surprised that it was, in fact, not 2008 all over again. Um, I was kind of spoiled, though, with the first one because I got to see it at Chicago TARDIS. Um, was oh, that was that turn. weekend? And Rachel Talley, the director, was there, so they brought her in to introduce it and also uh, back out when at the end of it. And you know, I was in a room with you know eight hundred, a thousand fellow fans watching this thing, and we gave her a standing ovation, and I think we made her happy cry. So you know, if you know, it's a, it it was a special moment, and I I came out of watching Star Beast with a buzz that kind of continued on into the others, so. Yeah,
3: I think it's safe to say I enjoyed them. That is awesome. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that you did. And it was, it would have been fine if you didn't, but you know what I mean. It's, I'm glad yeah. to hear that you did. And it's pretty awesome that, you know, you got to see it with a huge crowd of people and to see, you know, Rachel there too, which yeah. is pretty awesome. So cool. And, you know, I'm sure. Chicago TARDIS was as wonderful as always.
1: Oh yes, it was. This year was a really good one. Of course, it was the 60th, so there were lots of guests. Um, Carol Ann Ford was one of them. So I was, you know, determined. You know, come hell or high water, I was going to be there. And in one of those really strange moments uh, that only happens at conventions, there was a panel that was put together about the character of Susan, which I thought would just be a regular fan discussion. Oh, no, they put three fans, myself included, with Carol Ann Ford on a panel. And I I sat, you know, not five feet away from Carol Ann Ford, you know, Susan, the original Doctor Who companion. And I'm sitting there going, you know, 15, 16 years ago, I was watching her for the first time in The Five Doctors. What is my life and how did I get here?
3: (laughs) So did you keep on pinching yourself just to make sure you weren't sleeping?
1: i I did sort of I took a few moments you know to kind of sit there and go, This is surreal
2: that's the those are the kind of moments though that when life tells you you're on the right path,
1: think so right? you're doing something <laughs> <better>. <laughs> the
3: little yeah. reward in life that you get, for
1: yeah, well, maybe it's i mean it awesome. was i still you know it still can't quite believe that happened and if I didn't have picture of pictures of it, I would wonder but Thankfully, other people took pictures, so it was apparently a group hallucination, not just a singular one. <laughs> awesome, awesome.
3: Is How is awesome. she? Is she
2: in in good health and uh, you know a good guest? To
1: talk yeah, to? she she seems to be doing you know fairly well. She's in her early eighties now, but she seems to be getting around pretty well and still still sprightly and you know the, the mind is still there and click and still you know ticking over and active and can remember. Lots of things. She had lots of great stories to tell, both about Doctor Who and some of her other experiences. So, you know, she doesn't do many U.S. conventions, so knowing that she was doing this one, it was like, you know, if I have to sleep in the car and freeze to death outside the hotel, by Jove, I will.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) At least you will die happy.
1: True. Um, True. It was very cold (laughs) in Chicago this time, too. We even, even got some snow while I was up there, so, you know... Probably would have died in the car. So I'm glad that didn't ha- didn't have to sleep in the car. Glad
2: <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come to
1: that. Yeah.
3: No. And there wasn't a major out in the back or something like that for you. So it's okay.
1: Yeah. Very true.
3: There we go. Well, we also definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us feedback at com, and let us know what you guys have been up to since we talked last and. You know, what have you been to? Did you go to anyone go to Chicago TARDIS? Is anyone planning on going to Gallifrey? And it's interesting because Gallifrey used to be the big Doctor Who convention in the U.S. And it used to sell out months, months in advance, almost like within minutes a lot of times. And now you could still get tickets like a, less than a month before the show. And it's it's just interesting how you know that's changed a little bit and everything so i don't know if it's a look at fandom with dr who or just the need because they haven't upped the number of tickets that they release or anything they just it just it's just interesting with that
2: and their guest list is still pretty impressive
0: yeah they always have an impressive guest list
3: Mm -hmm.
2: absolutely so i don't think it's i don't think it's that um, and it's, I don't know. Is it really? Is it? Is it one of those things that just hasn't come back yet since the pandemic?
3: I think so. I really do. It's and I'm gonna be curious to see, like you know, next year when Doctor Who has been on the air for you know with the new Doctor and you know on Disney and such, and seeing what the crowds are like there. I think that would be a good way to judge it. I'm not judging this year type thing. So. It would be interesting to see, and if not, you know, maybe we'll plan a road trip to, you know, Los Angeles for twenty twenty five.
0: Drive across you know? country.
3: Exactly. Matthew, was
2: the was the turnout at
1: uh, Chicago TARDIS pretty solid? It was per the organizers the most attended convention since they've had since twenty seventeen. So, really, okay. that's yeah. awesome. And it did, it definitely felt like there were more people there this year. It wasn't as crowded as it was in 2013, 2014, when it felt like, you know, things were, you know, the show was kind of huge. Uh, But there were definitely more people this year than had been there, either when I stood, because I missed a couple of years, either when I was there in 19 or indeed uh, 21 or 22.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. The last time I was there was, oh my goodness
3: uh yourself mr gordon just remember uh, that uh,
2: i know that uh you know suitably enough for this uh, for this episode uh, peter davison was the guest uh i believe um all three of his companions were guests there too um so it was a uh sort of a fifth doctor era uh look at um which was not my intention to take advantage of instead i was uh hoping to see um Uh, I think it was one of the times that Alex Kingston dodged me. Uh, so, uh, I think she was supposed to be there and, uh, and, and bailed, uh, when she found out that I was going to be there.
3: Darn it, Mike. But you know, I I ruined it for
2: everybody else. I'm sorry. Eh. You
3: guys will always have Dragon Con. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go with that. All right, let's dive into a little bit of Doctor Who news. The big news, of course, uh, coming out of everywhere, is that Millie Gibson is out after a season and a half or so of Doctor Who. And, you know, people were saying that she was dumped. People were saying that she was let go.
2: No, 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 Not, 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 not people. It was headlines, headlines. Yeah. Headlines. yeah. 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 Mir- UK mirror headlines were saying. Yeah, shit
0: yeah, like yeah the Daily Mail and the mirror. and...
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, yeah.
3: No, but it's interesting because, you know, even Variety picked it up and their headline was Doctor Who star Millie Gibson to be replaced by Bharata Sethu after one season. And which is true, but it's not true. And It's, you know, typical Doctor Who, you know, companions leave. And we've talked, I think we talked about it even when we did our live episode last time. That, you know, you know, how long is she going to stay? How long is, you know, Chudy going to stay? Is he going to stay for the three seasons? Or is he going to stay longer? You know, we don't know. But there seems to be a pattern. And especially if you think about it with the RTD era of Doctor Who when he was doing it. Most, you know, every season had a change with him because, you know, first season was, you know, of course, the ninth doctor and Rose. But then the second season was Rose and the 10th doctor. And after that, it was Martha and the 10th doctor. And then the third season was, of course, with, you know, the wonderful Donna and the doctor. And so, you know, we had each season was something different. So. I think pretty much he's par for course with her only being in for a season or so, and she'll well, probably not exactly, something... yeah. I mean, yeah. not exactly because he,
2: he hasn't changed he hasn't changed companions mid season before.
3: No, but it also seems like she's not. They've already said she's not going to be in the Christmas special, and. So but she has done know, some
0: uh, some filming for the second season, so yeah
3: she's yeah. it's it it could possibly be something like how Martha was, how she popped up during the Donna and Dr. Season, you know,
2: and how Rose never went away,
3: yeah, exactly,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rubbing it in, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I th- I think
1: we got spoiled by Moffat keeping, you know, the pawns and Clara around, but also, you know, the Chibnall era, you know, the, the companions, basically, they came and they stayed and you know, with the exception of Dan popping in for that last, you know, Jody season, you know, the companions stuck around for a bit, which is more or less how it was in Classic Who, except for, you know, that one brief period during late Hartnell where they were changing companions every six serials. Um, and I think people have kind of forgotten that, but also, you know, as, I, as we've talked about before, you know, the mirror knows good and well that anything with Doctor Who is going to, you know, sell papers and it's going to get people, you know, all those all important clicks onto the website. So, you know,
2: not only does the mirror know that, but Russell T Davies knows that, too. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And by
2: changing the companion midseason, he knows that's going to get headlines. Mm hmm. He knows that's going to get headlines. And I I do not doubt at all. I mean, look, if it's something where she doesn't she didn't work out, I mean that that that's a, a viable option to be sure. And I hope that's not the case because you a lot of times when showrunners have to uh, sort of wrap up storylines really quickly on the fly, sometimes, most of the time, it doesn't go as well as we'd like, right? So I hope this was the plan. Uh, But it wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was a plan and uh, hopefully planned enough in time so that she gets a good send off and that the new companion gets a great introduction. And, uh, you know, I and I but I, you know, Russell T is is not replacing her with a, you know, uh, a white companion, which is, you know, even more headline material. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that he knows exactly what he's doing to keep Doctor Who in the conversation. When there's no Doctor Who news, there's Doctor Who news.
3: Mm-hmm, exactly, right. and oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean Russell's sitting back and you know laughing. I'm sure at this whole thing because Absolutely. it's playing yeah. right into his hands. Absolutely, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it is,
2: he's he's he can work with it. I I don't think there's any such thing with him with bad for as for bad for bad publicity.
3: Right, no, yeah. I agree with that. And you know, it was a dead period for you know any Doctor Who in news or anything. It's been what three weeks since we had the christmas special so almost a full month now time. yeah exactly and so it's the perfect time to drop this
2: well i mean also <laughs> in the fact that it was going to come out because i mean pictures from a uh, location shooting have have been leaking out so we mm-hmm. have seen the new companion already in shots that were you know with the new doctor and everything um uh, one in particular, I guess there is something where they're in some sort of like southern America, like um, like Miami or something like that. It takes place in the in 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 early America. Well, not early America, but like sort of like the forties or fifties or so. I don't know. It's hard to tell. I didn't read the whole thing because I don't like spoilers. But it was right in my face as far as the picture and everything goes. And I'm like, well, of course, if this picture's out there, then you know they they need to get ahead of it.
3: No, most definitely. And now we are officially a cat video. Thanks, Matthew.
1: (laughs) Everybody meet uh, tonight's fifth host.
3: (laughs) And the fifth host's name is?
1: He is Tigger.
3: Hello, Tigger.
0: Hi, Tigger.
3: That is cute. But, yeah, what you were saying, Mike, completely makes sense. It's true. And, you know, it would be more of a shock, though, if we didn't have a Yaz already and, you know, we've already had, you know, companions of color. So it's, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, a non-white Dr. Who crew. And, you know, you're already getting some pushback about that. I've seen, you know, how, how yeah, it's, it's more people than ever.
2: I was going to say, it's only from the people who don't matter anyway. Well,
3: and, well it doesn't matter. That's the thing. <laughs>
2: Yeah. The 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 key is is that the actress is solid. I mean the only oh, thing I've really seen right. her in is is Andor, but she was notable in Andor and I I think she's uh it'll be interesting to see what kind of companion that she or her character turns out to be because we know from Andor she could play the hard military type um and I don't know if that's what we're getting because that would be an interesting uh juxtaposition with shooty's doctor but whatever it is i i i have i'm really excited because i've seen her before and stuff and and i liked her so yeah uh it's not like it's not like oh i'm i'm not really sure about this you know what
0: uh oh
3: digger took everything I down
0: take over.
3: Take is like, i don't like where this <laughs> you know, conversation's going
0: yeah
3: cats can do that uh believe yes of course <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Thank sorry. God he edited on the podcast. That's all right. That's cool. But it's it's interesting too. Like Mike, I've seen her in Andor, but I've also saw her. I remember her from the last Jurassic World movie too, that she was part to, of. Tried to block that movie. Sorry. I know you tried to. <laughs> <laughs> not,
0: not, not your favorite.
3: <laughs> it's no Godzilla minus one. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was interesting to you know, for the announcement, and I'm truthfully looking forward to the rest. Seeing season one with you know with Millie as the companion, you know everything I've seen. You know I loved her in the Christmas special. I thought she was charming as heck, and you know I'm looking forward just to see what she, what she has to bring to us and everything, and enjoy that. And that's the part of the problem with you know instant communication instant news and everything you know this is you know it almost dampers her whole season a little bit you know knowing that she's gonna be replaced already
2: i i do feel bad that you know like that if she gets any blowback from this as far as i don't know it just you know not like like sort of tarnishing her reputation career, whatever. Cause that would, that would, that would stink. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, I, you know, I enjoyed her. Okay. I, I must say, I wouldn't like, based on the the one thing we've seen, I wouldn't put her in my top 10 of companions, but, um, but I think she was pretty solid and I'm certainly not opposed to her. Uh, but I will say I'm actually, because I've because I've seen the actress, I guess, in Andor and everything. I guess I'm more excited for this companion now. Um, you know, knowing that that's, knowing that she's coming. So I don't think it's gonna. I'm. I mean, I'm hoping that it doesn't deter me from like enjoying her while she lasts, Millie. That is, but um, uh, yeah, I, I would hate for it to like you know for the press and all this kind of stuff to to blow back on her because I don't think it, I don't think it's something that's necessarily from everything we've heard. It's not her fault. Mm-mm.
0: No, I doubt it has anything to do with her. I mean, no, it I probably so was just, you know, it's probably been planned all along. I mean, it's yeah. not, it's not, we were just talked about, it, it's not unusual at all for RTD to have a companion for one season and, and, and to bring them back and sort of sprinkle them in a few episodes in the next Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's yeah. not, it sounds like that's what he's doing.
1: Yeah, yep. I I think that the reason this is also getting headlines is the fact that they they're filming so far in advance now that this news is also broken before we've had a chance to really see her beyond you know what we saw her in the Christmas special. So you know people are going to read into it you know anything and everything they want to read into it. And the fact that that you know the next companion is going to be as you said an actress from Andor just you know also feeds into the oh my god Disney is going to ruin Doctor Who crowd. But you know
3: <sighs> yeah. Nope. Agreed with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it, just like just like the tabloids, especially the British tabloids, the online haters are going to no matter what you do, they're going to do something. They're going to say something. So yeah. there's really nothing you can do to 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 stop them. Uh, just ignore them and move on.
3: Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And that, And that's the interesting thing about it is, you know, these are the same tabloids that even before Shudy started as the Doctor, saying, Shudy Godwa, they're not happy with him, that they're going to let him go, that he's already on his way out, and that they're already looking for the next doctor, and it's like, yeah.
0: In fact, they no. say about every single doctor,
3: every yeah, doctor. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say I can still remember Matt Smith was gonna leave after that first season because he was too young and he was partying all the time and he wasn't behaving on set and this, that, and the other. None of which turned out to be true, as you know, as it is, you know, as we all learned. But you know, it sells and it gets clicks.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? It is what it is, folks. This is Doctor Who. It's all about change, as we always like to say. You know, and, you know, just hold on, because there's always going to be something next coming with it. And that's the wonderful thing about the series. So, speaking of the series, we're getting another DVD Blu-ray of Doctor Who. That's right, folks. We're getting a new season of Tom Baker. That's right, season 15. And uh, that's the Doctor and Leela. And they released a Leela during the Time War uh, video.
0: Oh, that clip was awesome. It was. I I loved it.
3: That was so fantastic.
0: (laughs) Matt,
2: does this fall in line with what she's been doing in Big Finish?
3: As
1: far as I know, I mean, I haven't heard any of the, the Time War Gallifrey sets, but I, ironically enough, I was actually re listening to the last of the War Doctor sets that Big Finish recorded with John Hurt before he passed, which reintroduced Leela into the Time War. And I literally was listening to that the day that the trailer dropped. And it was like, oh, "Wow, you know, this is a just a, one of those funky bits of symmetry, uh but it does tie into i mean you know big finish if established in a lot of the audios that she's there for the time war, so you know in some capacity, having been there at the beginning and then vanishes for a bit and comes back in uh through the, with the war doctor, so it you know it was a nice little bit of things you know that they were able to tie it all together, um even if it was for you know like a five minute video that." mostly is going to be on youtube but the buzz that that generated for that set but also people going oh my god louise jameson you know classic companion again is is always wonderful to see as well
3: mm, very much so and it was it was so much fun to see and it's it's such a good season of doctor who and you know going all the way back i think because we just recently did the sun we also have done the time war you know type stuff, but we you know the you know what was it what was the episode with the Santorens in it
1: invasion of
3: time you know, of invasion of time is on there, so there's a lot of great stuff that season oh so. yeah
1: she's
2: she's one of my favorite companions so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's I mean, a, that's
3: awesome. a, that's a that's great to, season to, we get to so get to be introduced to k nine yeah. Uh, <laughs> In that season
2: well it's not perfect just
3: kidding. i know.
1: <laughs> i actually kind of like invisible enemy i've always had a soft spot I for do it, which was why i do I, too i'm always surprised when people hate on it and it's just like you know it's not that bad folks
2: no it's fun and she's great uh, oh yeah she, she and the, the the fact that they didn't have great chemistry off screen i don't know if it added to the chemistry that they have on screen but they just work together really well mm. and it's it's really a doctor and companion relationship that we haven't seen a lot of. Um, and I just really appreciate it. And, you know, talking about, you know, this new companion coming in with 15, if she is a little bit more military uh, based, it would be really kind of refreshing. It would be sort of harkening back to Leela, I think.
3: No, I totally could see that. I think it's not a bad idea. And you know what? I always liked it because it also felt like a little bit of My Fair Lady, the doctor trying to, you know, civilize Leela. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Well certainly in Talons of Wang Chang there there are oh, really some, yeah. some 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 Pygmalion type elements to that story. Mm-hmm. A lot. That's yeah. like really in your face. Yeah.
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah.
2: But there's a lot going on with that series. And that in and of itself is a great it's one of the greatest stories, I think. It's uh, I think, so you, Mike, you credited as one of the ones. It was your first, right?
3: It was my first. Ah. And so, you know, Talon's was Channel 9 in New York, WOR. On Saturday afternoon, I was flipping channels, and all of a sudden, there was ninjas and giant rats and a girl with a knife trying to, you know, take out <laughs> the guy. And it was just, like, awesome. And then there was a guy in a Sherlock Holmes hat. And it was just like with a long scarf. It's like, I'm in, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I've never looked back, which is pretty darn wonderful. So, yeah, it's pretty cool that we got, we're going to get that. Um, no release date yet. We're that cool. here in the U S of course. <laughs>
0: of course not. No, yeah, I, not.
3: Just, I just got an email from Amazon saying that the season 20 Blu-ray is pushed back all the way to April now. It was originally supposed to come out in November. Hmm.
1: Wow. So so we'll get it six to eight months after the UK, like it seems like we always do.
3: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we'll we'll see. We will see. Cover artwork is great. I showed it to Maddox when I was with him, and he, I was like, dude, this looks just like your artwork. And it's like, hmm, mysterious, isn't it, Faber? <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean Lee Binding who's who's the artist does does great work anyway. So he does very much. yeah,
2: very I, much yeah I follow him on Instagram and he always has amazing he's been doing Doctor Who artwork for a long time now.
1: Yeah, back mm-hmm. back in the when the D V D range was still going thirteen, fourteen years ago. In fact, his his DVD art has been by phone wallpaper on a number of occasions.
2: Yeah, it's really That's solid.
3: Awesome. No, it's his work is great and I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of bonuses they have and, you know, the interviews and such. So it should be a ton of fun to get that one. Huh. And, you know, and as I'm doing that, I'm trading out my uh, older seat DVDs and it's just like making, pot, you know, piles. And the people at, uh, when I sell them at is they're just like, oh, more Doctor Who, awesome. <laughs> because, you know, they're not going to stay on the shelf all that long, which is pretty cool. So that is what we have for Doctor Who news, which is wonderful. So let's take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment. And we are going to be talking all about Planet of Fire. report. Sir, there's Klingons on the starboard bow. Starboard bow? Starboard bow! What are they doing there? They seem to be waiting for the new episode of Earth Station Trek. Science, what do we know about this Earth Station Trek? It's a podcast that
2: tracks
1: through the history of Star Trek, from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. Navigation, how would one find such a podcast? By setting coordinates for earthstationtrek.com or by doing a sensor sweep of Spotify, iTunes, or any other quadrant where fine podcasts are available.
3: Captain, what are we going to do about the Klingons?
1: We come in peace, Commander. Weapon station, shoot to kill. Shoot, shoot to, to kill. kill! Shoot to kill! Yeah.
3: Welcome back. Now we are talking about Planet of Fire. We are going back to February 23rd, 1984. Wow. It is almost exactly 40 <laughs> years. Wow. That is pretty amazing. Missed amazing. it by a month. So it's it's interesting. This is actually the first time I've actually seen this one.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Really? Now,
3: yeah. <laughs> I I know Shocker there. And no it's I've a Shocker. N- I've never seen this one. I've read the book. I've read the target novelization. But for some reason when P- PBS never showed it and for some reason I never picked up the VHS of this either. Oh, I know why or the PBS DVD. never showed it. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we got, you know, we lost a companion in this one and we gained a companion.
2: Hey, so. look, we're switching companions mid-season. That's never done. Exactly. What? <laughs> what?
0: That's not allowed?
3: That is it, not allowed. You know,
2: since we're not watching these in any sort of logical order, it is interesting to me that we saw the, uh, as far as the Fifth Doctor's Companions goes, uh, you know, we've seen... Um, uh, them not not dim, uh, disembark in the correct order at least i have no. you know no uh so um because i think the the first one that i saw leave was uh tegan right and then this uh and then and now uh, uh turlow so it is kind of interesting to see it sort of out of order and i did you know I, I I know that there are gaps in between those episodes. Um, so um, that is kind of interesting to me, like, as well. I don't think I've filled in all those gaps. So to me, this was interesting. This is the first time I've seen just the Fifth Doctor and Turlo
1: on an adventure.
3: Well, I think this is the only time they yeah. were on an adventure alone. <laughs> well, <then. laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: Janet Fielding was there. This is the only story that Janet Fielding doesn't make Fifth Doctor story, I should say, that Janet Fielding does not make an appearance in because she's one of the heads, of course, and at the end of Case of Entrozani. So exactly. um, this was this was very much a rarity. But I think my experience first seeing it, Mike, was a lot like yours because I came across it on VHS out of my local public library. You know, in the mid '90s when they still had VHS tapes. And Mm -hmm. I had sort of and was bouncing around the era all over the place and sort of watching it for the first time. And I think I'd seen Perry in a couple of six Doctors stories at that point. So I knew who she was. And it was interesting to kind of watch. I didn't know Turlo very, very well at all. So it was like, okay, I'd met him in the five doctors and then I got to see him leave. And it's like, such is life.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's exactly.
1: also
2: kind of interesting too, because he has a whole storyline, you know, a, 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 like a a, a linear storyline where he, you know, is a traitor, turns heel or whatever, and then redeems himself, and and it's interesting to watch, even though that all of that stuff is over, and I've seen most of that, thank goodness, um, because it makes me appreciate. You know, when Turlow is not being honest with the doctor here, you could tell it like Peter Davidson does a really good job at like going, eh, I don't know if I trust you.
0: <laughs> like, he's like, got reason.
2: Yeah, no, he's, he's got, got reason not to reason trust this guy. Not him.
3: Yeah. And, yeah. and
2: right from the very beginning of this story, uh Turlow is, is doing stuff that's like, oh, my God, is he, you know, working against the doctor again? Well, yeah, it's do you think that was on
0: purpose? Yeah. They wanted to try to lead you astray.
2: Yeah, I'm make sure that? Yeah, there's nothing about Johnny the Turtle that's subtle, Mary. <laughs> Very this, true. This, this I've learned.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, world's worst showrunner. But yeah,
3: yeah, there is nothing <laughs> subtle about anything with this, and it was interesting though. I liked how they did a lot of on location shooting for this though. I thought it was some very beautiful scenery.
0: Well, they did have some really nice shots, yeah. Really at first
3: I'm
2: like at first I was like, "Oh my god, are we just going to have this whole thing in a quarry?" But no, they actually like it. No, they
0: actually they are on location. <laughs> they <Yeah>. are <laughs> on
2: location. I was like, "Ooh." Especially that we don't see it again, but that first shot where we're introduced to uh I don't remember what Howard uh, uh, to the the um yeah the the prophets oh oh the
0: religious
2: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's in this like really beautiful like like house like and I'm like oh they're they're shooting on location inside this is really but then that only is for that one scene and they never go there again. (laughs) Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, like well, that that's,
2: was that's kind of disappointing.
1: That's because that was the bar of the hotel they were staying in, and they couldn't <laughs> leave it like that for long. I
2: mean, it the whole was, uh, the whole reason they ended,
1: yeah, the whole reason they ended up on Lanzarote was because Fiona Cumming, who was the director of this, had gone there on holiday, and came back and showed John Nathan Turner a bunch of pictures, and John Nathan Turner went, "That's going to be next season's you know location filming." <laughs> Basically he did it so he could get a get a working holiday out of it. So maybe not the reason to, you know, decide you're gonna commission the whole story, but you know, it it could be worse. I mean, I've seen the two doctors, so you know, it could be worse. <laughs>
3: Good oh, yeah. point. It
2: can always be worse. We know that.
0: Yeah.
3: Exactly. And it's Good interesting point. because it was it was beautifully shot. Um, I did love Anthony Ainley in this, he was awesome as the master slash chameleon.
0: He was having a good time.
3: Yes, yeah, he was. Nice him back,
0: mm-hmm. He's back.
2: Um, yeah. All right, so I'm gonna have to ask a question because I'm, yeah, this is okay. Uh-oh. So I Uh-oh. I get confused now in the span of the the franchise, most of the Doctor storyline we follow the Doctor most of the time is pretty linear. Like when he changes, we see it like, so it's not out of time. It's not certain stories. There are segments that are out of time and mixed together, whatever. But for the most part, through the course of the whole 60 plus franchise, we've seen it from the doctor's perspective in pretty much a linear order. Right. As opposed to later on when, you know, when we, when we meet River Song, that's opposite order. For her, even though it's not completely opposite, it's sort of mixed and matched, and it's it's not completely, like, anti-parallel or whatever you call it. Um, now, what I, I don't know about the meetings with the Master, like, are the meetings with the Master pretty linear, or are they out of time and out of sync as well?
3: They never um... really say.
1: I think on TV, because of the sort of references that are usually laid in on TV, they're, they're usually linear. It's when you start getting into the spinoff media, the comics and the big finish audios that they start meeting out of order. There's, and I can say, and to be terrible bit of self-promotion, there's an entire fan, you know, charity anthology of stories of doctors and masters (laughs) meeting (laughs) out of order, which I contributed to, um, and still raising money for, I think, a UK Alzheimer's charity on, you know, so please go buy a copy. Um, But in, this is following on from uh, King's Demons, uh, which would, no, yeah, because that's when Camellia was introduced. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had the five doctors in in the meantime, but, you know, nobody mentions about, oh, last time I saw you, you were on Gallifrey kind of thing. So, but no, it seems like they're, they're meeting more or less in chronological order.
2: Yeah, because I and I, I mean, it could be that I haven't seen it or that I just don't remember it, because um, my memory is is pretty shady as well. Um, because I don't remember leaving the master in a shrunken state. So, uh, so when we see him, well, he's,
0: there's there's an implication yeah, that yeah, some, no. that because the doctor has has done something to his compression algorithm when we leave him in king's demons but they don't specifically okay. show him getting shrunk but there's an implication no. there that it's because of something that the doctor did in king's demons
1: yeah they they talk about in episode four of this too that he's been messing around with the the tissue compression eliminator as well so you know six
2: of trying one half a dozen of the other
3: trying, yeah yeah right that
1: exactly and shrunk and, himself
2: and i mm-hmm. and i don't recall is and, and, and uh, you know, spoilers for anything that comes ahead, but I don't recall, like, when he comes back after this.
1: It's Mark of the Ronnie is his next TV story, and they, they basically hand wave it very quickly. The Ronnie makes a comment along the lines, well, I heard you got yourself into some trouble on Sard. And we're supposed to have died, and the master makes some quick comment about, "Yeah, everybody was supposed to think that, or something," and that's it. And they move along; they move right along with it. So,
2: because cause at first I was like, "Oh, is this how he ends up?" Like the you know charbroiled master that we see, <laughs> and I'm like, "No, it's not. Oh, no, that's before this." And I'm like, "That's yep. what led me to think that maybe this was at maybe when we see the master, it's out of order." But, um, no, this but, is still yeah, technically
1: that's... the char master having stolen somebody else's body yeah, way back in the of track and tremoth. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Which gotcha. is an anagram that's... of master because, again, John Nathan Turner was not subtle. No. Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: I would be, uh, you know, uh, Kieran has his new show about the master, and I, I guess I need to really pay attention to that, that podcast that he does because mm-hmm. <laughs> my, 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 my linear, my linear stories of in order of the master i first of all i don't think i've seen them all and 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 certainly this one was a new one to me right so um so i have gaps in my in my knowledge of of how of his history and his the encounters with the doctor so
3: yeah i thought it was pretty brilliant how they did it that he was controlling chameleon and that he was you know able to project himself through chameleon and you know being i think
2: I, I, i think that was just done out of necessity because it was obvious to me that they were like, you know, this robot thing isn't working. So within the first five way. minutes, they get like the guy who's playing her brother, uh, stepfather, uh, brother. Stepfather. Stepfather. Stepfather.
0: stepfather,
1: stepfather. Sorry. That's a whole stepfather, different story. family relation. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stepfather to, uh, to be a chameleon. So he shows up in, in glorious paint. Uh, silver paint for most of the rest of the storyline. Whenever they need him, and I think Chameleon's robot body just lays there at the end. Like, yeah, that's about all it can do at this point.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kept, I mean, it that was
1: down. Yeah, that was the whole reason. Well, one of the reasons this story was written. They needed to write out Turlo. They needed to introduce a new companion. They got to blow up Chameleon because they've introduced him and they've kept him in a cupboard the whole season because nobody could figure out how to make the prop work.
3: Um nope. Exactly. And it was perfect. <laughs> perfectly, the way they did it was really well done. I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I think it was one of Ainley's best for you know actions as the master. Pretty much during the Peter Davison year mm. and everything. I think the Master was pretty awesome in this one. And you know, but it's funny because you know the master's supposed to have the hypnotic. Powers, and he never hypnotized Perry, or was she just too dumb to be hypnotized?
2: <laughs> he tried.
3: Yes. Yeah. You uh, will yeah. Me. I, 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 I think.
0: Yeah, I've th- and I can, I can I yell
1: just as loud as you can. <laughs> I
3: mean,
0: Perry <laughs> actually has a decent storyline here.
3: Yes, she does. I mean,
0: and un- you know, unfortunately, it, it's maybe maybe case of Andrezzani. After that, it just all goes way downhill. But in this one, she's actually she's running around doing things. Um, actually, you know, coming to to some conclusions on her own and figuring things out and being a much stronger character than she ended up being. You know, even while running around in her little tiny swimsuit,
3: swimsuit or her short shorts. And, and were there like
0: a sale on hot pants or something?
3: Because like every other
0: character is wearing the shortest shorts they can get them into. It
3: was the eighties. It was the they're, style. On, they're on
2: vacation. Yeah, everybody yeah. was on vacation. That's why.
0: But yeah, but even the alien guys though were <laughs> wearing the ones on Sarn.
3: Yeah. Hey, at least they were not wearing speedos or something like that. So I think it was okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's true when uh, Turlo is going to rescue Perry cuz she's supposedly drowning that that part was actually pretty bad acting. That um, was horrible yeah oh. but he, he takes off he's got he's got these little short shorts on he takes them off to reveal his speedo <laughs> and he goes swimming
1: after still wearing his shirt you <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> uh, uh, I, I he, did, do he think- didn't
2: want to he didn't want to like you know he didn't want to show off his birthmark that's true or right, or his right. or his i'm sorry his, his criminals
0: uh, brand his, his mionic triangle or whatever it was called yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah. exactly his little, Brian... you know?
0: yeah i do think
1: poor nicola bryant does get undermined somewhat by the fact that her second or third scene is that shot of her in the bikini and they just do the just do the sort of male gaze looking all the way up thing and you know well She's a attractive woman, and I appreciate that. I do kind of feel the fact that she then jumps in the water, swims ten yards, and gets the worst case of swimmer's cramp in the history of film and TV rather undermines the character straight out the gate. And it's just like,
3: yeah. and as yeah.
1: Mary, as you said, it's it's all downhill from there, basically.
0: Yeah. yeah. The
2: only, the only, the only thing that I give actually done the credit for is he didn't do all of that in slow mo.
3: Oh, I think she God. was running
2: around. Yeah. I'm sure
0: they wanted to. <laughs>
2: because it was I'm so sure. blatant. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a Doctor Who companion treated this way before. Like, um, you know, they what do they say like,
0: well, I don't know do if you, I'd say this that. This one
2: <laughs> this one's for the dads. Like
3: that's what like, you know, that's, that's I mean, Leela was kind of in there. The the exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, Leela just ended up as a better character overall. I was going to say, Leela
1: was also a bit of an action heroine, you know, beating, you know, beating up ninjas and Janus thorns and everything else. (laughs) Perry, Perry just kind of. Perry
0: screamed. Yes,
2: (laughs) a lot. She screams right away like (laughs)
1: yeah
2: she's great she
0: starts with screaming howard and then she's screaming doctor the rest of the time yeah we
2: we we frequently talk on this show about when we watch a story sometimes we run across characters that would be like wow they would be really really cool companions i did not think that the first time i saw perry (laughs) uh i did not think that the second time i saw perry um Actually, though, I did, Mary has a point, though, that I think it's the third episode or whatever where Perry kind of pits is pitted against the master. I mean, she actually kind of runs circles around him, which is kind of it, it's kind of fun, actually. I, I did really appreciate that. Um, yeah. They gave her a lot more agency against the master than than I've seen in a lot of other people.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it shows she could have been a much more interesting character. They just didn't go there because that's not, not what John Nathan Turner wanted. Yeah. I mean, and he had the whole stupid thing about her doing the fake American accent, which was completely unnecessary. Yeah. And it, it just detracted.
3: Well, it was funny. Judy came in while I was watching the third episode and she was like, why does that woman have a really bad American accent? She was losing it. Every other word and it was just like no this is just bad and if somebody who just catches it it's just like makes it even worse yeah but...
2: it it and it unfortunately gives her because we've seen nicole bryant like at conventions and everything and she's quite nice to talk to and she has a lovely voice but the american accent makes her voice kind of screechy and uneven and just grating mm-hmm. yeah it is, <laughs> uh, it is grating. Not good. Not, not
3: male level grading,
2: but grading. <laughs> yeah. I mean
3: very, very close.
2: Yeah. I mean I mean, you're right, Mike. It's pretty close, but it's not quite there yet. Yeah. Mm-mm.
1: I mean, bless her, you know, at Big Finish, because I think at Big Finish she's really kind of found you know, and maybe that's also, you know, by the time she was recording at Big Finish, she had another fifteen years of acting experience and then now another you know, couple of decades doing it there. But the accent's gotten quite good over at Big Finish, but yeah, all over and her probably, TV run, and but probably especially this
2: one. Too, Matthew. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I was I was reading some of Eric Sayward's comments about this one and talking about the fact that, you know, John Nathan turner basically commissioned it so they could go off and film on on Lazarati. And Peter grimway brought in to script it and Peter grimway tried and tried and tried and never as Eric Sayward said, never quite cracked how to do it. Um, so you ended up with a script that perhaps had a lot of really interesting ideas in it, but, you know, maybe the execution wasn't quite there either. And
2: I think, you know, you have a complete waste of Peter Wingard and Barbara Shelley, two very accomplished actors, actors who I've seen in a lot of really great stuff. And, and Peter, bless him, I mean, he tries his hard. To, well, he
0: is trying so hard. I have to give him so credit. The material,
2: to yeah. raise the material up. Barbara is just like, she's just like, yeah, whatever. Like yeah. She,
0: I don't she, care. She, I just want a paycheck. But, like, so it so took same. me. It yeah. took,
2: I, I was like, that's Barbara Shelley. Are you kidding me? She's like, she's just not really even that noticeable in this. Yeah. Uh, well, it's but, not a
1: great part that she's playing. <laughs> playing not at episode. all. Well, yeah. None and,
2: of them, none of them have great parts, really. But yeah. man, Peter, I give him credit, because he's like, he's attacking it like he's doing Shakespeare.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, and actually, he, I think he does kind of give his character some, I don't know, what's the right word, some, pathos, some maybe, maybe, some weight? yes, some way, because he is somebody who's really struggling with his, you know, his faith is getting torn apart. I mean, you could have made a really interesting story out of this. Yeah, I mean, his, this is, you know, this is a guy who has spent his entire life with this belief system, and it is getting crushed as these events go. And, and in the end, he, he, I mean, he doesn't survive it. Yeah. But in, And actually, the actor is probably relieved at that point <laughs> to be off screen.
3: <laughs> Detail, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, that, that strand was supposed to have been stronger in the script, apparently. And again, Eric Sayward going, this is supposed to be a sci-fi adventure series, apparently just cut a lot of that strand out. So... And, again, didn't do Peter Wingard any favors either. But, you know, again, as we said, the script doesn't really do anybody any favors if, if you're not the, the main cast or, you know, the master for that matter.
2: It's a lot of stuff to, like, toss up in the air. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I mean, you're trying trying to tell just a Doctor Who story, an interesting story about these people uh, you've got to write, you've got to figure out what's going on with Turlo and his people and write him off. You've got to introduce a new companion. You've got the master coming in with his relationship with Chameleon. And then through it all, Peter Davison has just got to like be the doctor, which, you know, sometimes is easy. Sometimes it's not so easy here. he He's, he's pretty good, but I wouldn't say this is a shining moment, a story for him, really
0: yeah yeah,
3: the of,
1: yeah. sorry go he
2: ahead, did
0: man. as good as uh, i was just gonna say i think he did the best he could with the material yeah well sure
2: sure yeah, yeah. It, it's you know it's you know when he when he you know when he when after stories like this you're like yeah i can see where peter's like yeah it's time it's
0: yeah time. i mean yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, <laughs> I mean the thing that struck me watching it this time because uh, I've seen it two or three times over the years. It the first time I'd seen it in a while it was just how kind of grumpy and down he is for a lot of the, a lot of it. And I don't know whether that's a reflection of, of the script. Cause you know, they do mention he's obsessed and depressed at the beginning of it, or if that's really kind of him kind of getting, you know, fed up with, you know, the third, you know, the third best script of the season he's been handed so far.
2: Yeah. Which is not mm-hmm. a huge bar. And, um and, and he's also, but i think also it it suits the character because he's losing like he's just lost two companions uh i mean you know and and heck they just mentioned it in the 60th right about how he's never really gotten over adric you know he's never really taken a moment to process that and then then you know and then tegan leaves nissa leaves and i will say out of the three departures uh Turtle's isn't bad, but I think uh Tegan's is probably the one that I impressed me the most, which is saying a lot because I was not a big huge tegan fan mm-hmm. but the fact that after that Dalek story where she's just like I can't do this anymore and she just walks off I'm like that is pretty amazing that's a pretty that's a that's a pretty good like i I feel that I feel that with Nyssa leaving man, we just did that episode see it feels like a, a few weeks ago, but it's probably like a year ago, oh, but, in, ago. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that one felt forced, that one felt forced, like, oh yeah, and she's I'm gonna, leaving
3: I'm gonna stay here to do research science to help cure these people, yeah
2: but but I mean, least I did, think at
3: least they it, did not marry her off to a alien warlord <laughs> <no>. like <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I mean, i think I think you know if you could make a case and under a better you know, set of circumstances, aka showrunner, you would have had a really interesting arc where these companions were like, all they were all the Doctor and the companions were dealing with, you know, Adric's death, and not dealing with it or dealing with it in their own way, and and they couldn't be with the Doctor anymore. They just couldn't. Mm-hmm. And nobody comes out and says that. I think Tegan might come close. Yeah. Um. But. And and that's an interesting looking at it that way, you know, I think that's very interesting. I wish it was written that way because you have to sort of like sort of put that on this storyline and yeah. that's not fair to the story because I don't think it really holds up, but I I find it an interesting idea anyway. And it, yeah. it does excuse a lot of holes in the in the writing.
1: Yeah. And again, that's something that Big Finish, largely because they're fans, but also, you know, they're reacting to and against things as much as anything else, did have done that in a lot of, you know, in a lot of the audio stuff. Particularly, they did a, a whole arc where an older Nissa came back at one point, and they were able to kind of delve into a lot of that. So, but it's a shame that the TV series didn't do that. And I think part of that is there was sort of this feeling, you know, still even in the 80s, you know, that you know everything had to be standalone. The viewers ought to be able to come in from week to week, and you know pick it up straight away. Which meant that you didn't get those opportunities for you know, as you said, arcs or character development. You know, Turlo's whole, whole backstory gets shoved into two out of four episodes of this. Basically, <laughs> yeah, it, it's well, just exactly. like an
0: info dump. There's they could have seeded that throughout the whole his whole time, and they did not. Right. right.
2: Because they didn't know the whole time. I mean, it's yeah. pretty well, obvious yeah, exa- when they were doing things. I mean, things. That, that's
0: like, just it. There's no, yeah. there's no planning. There's no, you know, con- I mean, continuity. I, yeah, I,
2: I don't know if the plan was to have him leave, uh, or if you know, I don't know what the story was behind that, or if he was supposed to stay with Barry, or I don't know. I mean, if he had that option, but yeah, they wrote him off pretty quickly, and in doing so, I'm kind of glad that he got like at least a story. Uh, devoted to him leaving rather than just an aside at the end going, yeah, I'm not going to go with you, doctor.
3: Yeah. No, it makes sense too, because it was just like, boom, here's his backstory. Boom. These are his people. Boom. This is everything about him. And, oh, he was a, you know, political exile. And that's why he was sent to earth. And his brother and his father were sent to the desert planet. And it was just like, What? what you know
2: yes. it uh, no has mark strickson uh returned to big finish or dr oh. hoon anyway oh yeah, oh,
1: yeah. He's, he's done right. a fair bit of big finish over the years he lives in new zealand now funnily enough so he's not done yeah. as much as some of the other companions um but he's but he'll he pops in and records stuff for them occasionally as well um i think he, was he actually even, in-
3: even he even wrote a turlow book after he left it was you know a, for target he yeah well, actually
1: he wrote the introduction was, to that but the um the novel itself was written by tony atwood who also did some blake seven stuff
3: right exactly so so there's a story with him in it there too and yeah, he, he, I, he, I was he, gonna he, say because i haven't know. seen
2: him like i don't think as far as i know he doesn't show up a lot in the in the in the the convention circuit or whatever. And that's probably because, yeah, he's, he's in so he's New away.
1: Zealand.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know
3: he's been, he's done Gallifrey before and I know he's done a couple others. Yeah. He was but, just yeah, at no, Chicago TARDIS
1: this past November. So.
3: Yeah. What's the, um, I mean, now
2: that he's, I mean, I, I still don't really have a sense cause I watched it all out of order, his story and everything. Um, so I, it's hard for me to get a sense on how good of a companion he's been. But it struck me as okay. But he doesn't seem to have like a lot of backlash that some of the other companions do. So I, I take it that he's—I don't know. How do you guys feel about him? Are you? Do you regard him pretty well or eh? Yeah.
3: Pretty much because he he appeared, you know, during the Black Guardian storyline with started in Marjorie undead, right? And Which we watched a lot of that, right. And he, he also was one that came in mid season and he actually, um, was, you know, he was like a carryover because Nissa left half, like his second story. And then he, then, uh, Tegan left with the Dalek story, the episode before this, and then he leaves this one and... And Peter leaves the series after that.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> a yeah. lot of change very quickly. Yeah. Because
3: mm-hmm. they already knew that Peter was leaving when they did the 20th anniversary special. For the five doctors. And that's why Colin Baker didn't reprise his role as Maxwell in, in, the, in the five doctors. Because they, it, they said it would have been weird having Maxwell show up and then, you know next season halfway through he turned, you know, the doctor turned into, you know, the sixth doctor, you know, fifth doctor becomes the sixth. And it's like, Hey, didn't I see your face before? You know, type thing. (laughs) So that was all behind that. And it was real interesting too, because they, Peter's story, when he changed, you know, Caves of Androsani was not the final episode of the season. The doctor changed, you know, they had one whole story. Um, Twin Dilemma was the final episode of that season.
1: Yeah. Because, season
3: 21.
1: Yeah, John Nathan Turner had had that experience with uh, Lagopolis going into Castor Velvet, that there was suddenly that eight or nine month gap between the two. And mm-hmm. uh, he had decided, you know, he didn't want to have that long transition from Tom Baker to Peter, like there'd been from Tom Baker to Peter Davison. So he's like, okay, we're going to end the season on the first story for the new Doctor forgetting, of course, that it's the end of the season and they've run out of budget and they've got the worst script of the season lined up. So, But that—that that is literally a whole nother podcast. Yeah.
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you can go back and listen to us review Twin Dilemma. You, yeah. You'll be thrilled if you do. We, you know.
0: we are not JNT fans.
3: No. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah. But, you know, it was... It was an interesting story, especially for the first time seeing it up on the screen for me, because you know, reading in the book, you build it up and have it in your mind what everything looks looks like, and it didn't live up to what I had built up in the, from the book and everything. <laughs> but, but it was it it was fun. I didn't hate it by any means um as a peter davison story there's a lot worse and you know there's also a lot
0: better
3: i know so we're setting the bar low for this these ratings (laughs) folks so any final (laughs) thoughts before we go ahead and rate this one
0: i mean i'll say this about Turlow: i feel like he was one of those companions who had potential and and i actually found him kind of interesting uh Mm -hmm. you know within the whole you know he's being coerced into killing the doctor and all of that storyline was you know in some ways that was that was interesting even though they didn't do anything with it like they should have but i mean they didn't this whole era i don't think was great
3: (laughs) to Mm -hmm. be honest wasn't that the first time they actually had a companion who was actually plotting to kill the doctor You know, you know, to be, you know, who
0: knows how many secretly were planning to kill the doctor. Yeah, Yeah. you're not wrong. I do have
1: I do have a theory about this story, which is that Russell T Davies at some point in late 2008, early 2009, watched it as he was writing David Tennant's last story. I have two reasons for thinking this. Both are from towards the end of the story. One of which is that when the master is in the flame and is trying to get the doctor to save him and he refuses to, the master tells him that he's plan- that he will uh, haunt him until the end of time. And mm. secondly, one of Turlo's last things he says to the doctor before he walks off is, I don't want to go.
3: I heard that and I was like, Wow, I heard that, you know, maybe thirty five years later with a certain doctor saying that.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, and you know, I mean Peter Davidson is is David's doctor, right? So yeah. I don't know if he yeah. if that left a memory in his mind as well. Um so uh but that is isn't, Matthew, real quick, that is an interesting point too. I did uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, the doctor is seeing the master. I know he should know better, but (laughs) that's for the last time. And he does look really not happy about it. Um, He takes that in with him to the TARDIS and, uh, and Perry's like, you know, like what's wrong? Or, you know, you just defeated your arch nemesis. (laughs) Don't you want to go to Disneyland or something? You know, like, um, but he does not. Uh, He, I think, I don't, I, I, you know, I would like to, you know, I don't know things well enough about this time period, but it would not surprise me to learn that even though it's not scripted, that a lot of the threads that we've been talking about that was going along with the Doctor and how how everything was weighing on him was not part of the what Peter Davidson was using in his performance.
1: It's because it's certainly because it, possible.
2: It, it does... It does strike me as odd to do, like, without somebody saying, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Play it that way, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, possibility. I,
1: yeah, I think I'm correct in saying, too, that Anthony Ainley had had a bit of a deal with the Doctor Who production office. that He would come in and do, you know, one or two stories a season or something. And this was the end of that contract. So mm. it, at the time that they made the story, there may even have been some thought that this was going to be Anthony Ainley's final story as the master but again you know because he got along so well with John Nathan Turner and you know was doing the American convention circuit it was like well you know let's let's keep bringing him back um but in
2: recording this Peter knows that it's his last right like he knows yeah. that he's done after one more story
3: yeah oh, yeah.
0: Like
2: he yeah yeah
3: so very much so no it's not a surprise you know Peter said he was leaving the season before so it's yeah
0: he, he was ready to go
3: yeah he was like He's he's ready to say goodbye. So
0: yeah, yeah. he had
1: decided you know way back in sometime in the summer of '83. I think he has said that it was while he was doing the the All Creatures Great and Small Christmas special for that year they were filming it, and John Nathan Turner kept pestering him and his agent to say, "Hey, do you want to you know let's do a fourth season of Doctor Who?" And Peter just kind of thought about it and was like, "Yeah, I, I'm I'm ready to move on now," and also something he was inspired to do because of um, some advice Patrick Trouton gave him right after he was cast which was just do three seasons my boy and move on and you know as as peter has said it was probably a wise decision from from a career point of view
2: yeah Mm -hmm. although look how many times he's gone back and (laughs) and revisited the character you Mm -hmm.
0: know mean, he's done lots of other things
2: looking uh... ahead at what came after his season his last season I, I don't. I don't blame him for getting out at all. Yeah, like,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he said. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, yeah the there. scripts were not getting better. No. Yeah. No. I mean,
1: he's he's flat said. I think when Matthew Sweet interviewed him for the season nineteen Blu Ray, that sort of hour long interview that's on that. I mean, he flat said that. You know, he he when he was doing Androzani, he kind of thought, well, if the scripts were this good, I would do a fourth season. But at that point, it was too late. And then watched everything that happened with Colin Baker in, in Colin's first season, and kind of went. I got out just in time.
3: Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All I have to say is Pip and Jane Baker. Let's it oh, that.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, I don't think we need to go further than that.
0: I...
2: Wow. Right. Even Rick... Matthews rolling his eyes at that.
1: <laughs> yeah. They they did one and a half good scripts, but that's that again, that's a whole nother. Well, that's being generous. Yeah. That is
3: being pretty generous, sir. Yeah.
1: Well, oh, I I, I found a new appreciation for Terra of the Vervoids because of the special edition version they did for the Blu-ray. But again, that's literally a whole nother podcast. All
3: right, let's go ahead and rate one out of five Tardises, one being the worst, five being the best. Mary, you got to go first tonight.
0: You know, I think to be honest, I did not really enjoy <laughs> this episode. I mean, it didn't hate it. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, but I think I'm pretty middle of the road on it. So I'm going to give it two and a half TARDISes. That's about all it deserves.
3: Okay. Matthew.
0: I'm going to
1: go two and a half as well. I think it is. It's beautifully shot. There's some great location stuff. Some of the studio design stuff is great. However, it is about as average a piece of 80s Doctor Who as I can think of. Um, It may even be the quintessential average 80s Doctor Who story. um, that's not a complete and total disaster. So two and a half feels like about what it deserves because it is, it's as middle in the road as it gets.
3: Okay. Mr. Mike,
2: I'm going to surprise everybody. I'm going to give it a two and a half. Uh, (laughs) I, I agree with everything Mary and Matthew said. Um, and, and just the only thing I can add to it is the, the only thing that, there's a lot that is wasted here and not great but however uh the appearance of the master the last appearance of turlo like i think that that i'll give him a half a point for all of that so and there's nothing in here that's like oh my god that's just so terrible um yeah perry's introduction is not the best uh but actually it surprises me when she does sort of have agency later on in the story. So I have to give it half a credit for that. Um, so, but no more than that, two and a half.
3: Okay. Um, for me, I'm going to surprise everyone. It's not going to be a two and a half. I'm giving it a three. That's right. Ooh. Folks.
0: Ooh.
3: Anthony Ainley, his role in this, knocked it up to a three. Like I agree with what everyone else has said. I agree with that. It's a mediocre story that it's, you know, it could have been easily three episodes. You know, there's a lot of running back and forth between the caves and how many times can we see Perry fall down the rocks? You know, and it's just like, really folks, really? But the scenery was beautiful. Um, I love the, the aisles where they found Perry, um, it was gorgeous. I thought that's that was very well shot. And I thought, for an introduction of a character, this was one of her strongest episodes. And I enjoyed it. it. It actually moved very quickly for me. Before I knew it, I was done three episodes. And so, for me, for a classic series story, for it to fly through that quickly especially the Peter Davison era or what's to come after is a miracle. So three, a three is a good solid one for me for that. And, you know, definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. What are your thoughts? Feedback at our station, who is the best way to get in touch with us? Leave us feedback. Let us know what you think. We definitely would love to hear what you guys thought of this one. All right, that is going to wrap up the episode for tonight. Want to thank, of course, our regulars for being here. Mary, thank you as always.
0: Oh, thank you. Always so much fun to talk to you guys.
3: Anything you want to promote or anything?
0: You can find my artwork at com or on Etsy at eVisionArts.
3: Excellent. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one.
2: We did. And as always, it's my pleasure.
3: Awesome. And Matthew, thank you for sitting in with us again, my friend.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to come in for a bit.
3: Oh yeah, very nice. And you know what? It's always here like hearing your point of view on stuff and everything. What do you have going on? You know, you're not doing Con K anymore, so what what projects are you working on? Do you have any new books or anything?
1: I'm uh working on a couple of nonfiction Doctor Who books at the moment, actually. Um awesome. one of which will be hopefully out from Obverse either late this year or sometime early next year uh looking at a much maligned jody whitaker episode because i apparently decided i wanted to torture myself
3: who had an hour and 21 minutes into recording that we start bashing the chimney <laughs> <around>? <laughs> uh
1: well it's actually an episode i liked that apparently five other people on the planet did so it, it has fallen on my shoulders to try and redeem it so um i won't say which one um I'm also working on a book, which will be going back to where we've been talking about Big Finish, looking at uh, the Big Finish Doctor Who Unbound stories, but also the Lost stories. Um, Hopefully that'll be out. Well, I've got to finish writing the thing, so I don't know when it will be out. But uh, those are my current works in progress.
3: Awesome, my friend. That is very cool. Well, gentlemen, ladies, thank you everyone at home for being here with us tonight. It's awesome to be able to talk Doctor Who with you guys. We'll be back on our two-week schedule going forward, so we'll see you guys in two weeks, and I think it's going to be a ton of fun, and before we know it, May will be here, and we will be, boom, back into reviewing new Doctor Who. You know what? On behalf of all of us here, thank you so much. We will see you next time on First Station Who. Peace, and we are done. Bye, everyone. Bye.
1: You've been so long. Thanks for to Station Who, A pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who. Featuring talents from throughout space and time. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individuals and are to be used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our show wherever fine podcasts are found or check out our website earthstationwho.com. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the show, please write to us at feedback at earthstationwho.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the next journey of Earth Station Who.
0: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tee Public store